Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32. I'm going to read one verse, verse number 11. Amen. Couldn't get this message off my spirit, so I wanted to just share it with you if I can for a moment tonight. And as the Word of God says, As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. I want to talk to you on the subject tonight, when God moves, simply when God moves. Would you pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, we love you. So thankful, Lord, to be in your presence. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would come down and you would minister to this great church and this great assembly. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Turn to your neighbor before you're seated and say, I'm ready for God to move. God bless you. You can be seated. God has places and God has people. God sovereignly selects scenes and settings in order to institute and initiate his will. He is geographically strategic. He connects himself to man, not only through history, but also through geography and topography. God has places and God has people. Places, however, do not have God per se. On Mars Hill, Paul speaks to the intelligent people at Athens and says, the God that created the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made by hands. God transcends the terra firma. God cannot be circumscribed by his own creation. God cannot be limited by location. God cannot be regulated by the laws of longitude and latitude. God is not controlled by a compass. He's not locked into north, south, east, or west. God cannot be restricted by boundaries of brick and mortar. When God wants to move, God will move. (laughs) God cannot be located by GPS. In fact, our God is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. Absent from nowhere at any time. He meets himself coming when he's going and going when he's coming. 
He exits when he enters and enters when he exits. He's up when he's down and he's down when he's up. There is no controlling our God. He is boundless, endless, limitless, timeless, eternal, and infinite. God is not a local deity. And I know that Bishop Walls has written some of the greatest books on the Godhead, so I'm not here to talk about that. I would be way beneath this ministry here. But God is not some local deity. He is not Buddha that you consider put in your places. He's not a moon deity. We need to remember that God's name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. His name is not Buddha, it is not Brahma, it is not Allah, Muhammad, or any such thing. But his name is Jesus. He is the one true living God. Not only is he God, but he's God all by himself. He's God alone. He has a name, the Bible says, that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that he is Lord of all. See, the heavens are, hold on, I'm going somewhere. The heavens are his throne and the earth is his footstool. The prophet Isaiah reminds us that he measured the waters out in the hollow of his hand. He meted out the heavens in the span of his hand. He comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure. He weighted the mountains on a scale and he put the hills in a balance. God has places, but God has people. My God. But places can never per se have God. Hold on just a minute. God has places that are assigned for the unveiling and unfolding of his purpose. But ultimately God will move where he will move. This is what we see here in the book of Deuteronomy. It says that God is like the eagle that stirs the nest and flutters over it. When the eagle wants her young to get out of where they've always been, and when they want those little eaglets to go where they've never gone before, they will begin to flutter over the eaglets using their wings and they begin to move. Let me say tonight that when God moves, nothing can stop him. When God moves, nothing can hinder him. God is sovereign. He can move wherever and whenever he wants to move. He chooses the people and he chooses the places. God has people and God has places. Why? I don't know. Who knows why God does what he does? In the Garden of Eden, God put Adam to dress and to keep it. Noah and his family are on a mountain called Arat because God has places and he has people. Joseph is put in a prison on his way to a palace because God has places and people. Samson's hair is growing in a prison because God has places and God has people. Elijah's being fed by ravens on his way to the widow's house 
because God has places and God has people. John the Apostle was writing in Revelation on the Patmos Island because God has places and God has people. Let me just come to tell you tonight something that you already know. God works in specific places with specific people and I'm so glad that God never gave up on me but he said I'm going to do something with you. I'm going to do something in spite of everything in your life. My God, help me right now. I feel the, oh man, I feel God. God works in specific places. Imagine if you would for a moment this evening. The ministry of our master. Could we really get behind pulpits and preach Jesus and not preach about his places? Can you really talk about Jesus and not talk about the places and spots that he went to. Think about this for a moment. Jesus came from a place called heaven. He was born in a place called Bethlehem. Concealed in a place called Egypt. Raised up in a place called Nazareth. Baptized in a place called Jordan. Tempted in a place called the wilderness. Introduced in a place called Cana of Galilee. Discovered in a place called Capernaum. Confirmed in a place called Caesarea of Philippi. Rejected in a place called Gadara. Transfigured in a place called Mount Tabor. Believed on in a place called Bethany. Agonized in a place called Gethsemane. Arrested in a place called Kidron. Judged in a place called Golgotha. Forced to carry his cross in a place called the Via Della Rosa. Crucified on an old rugged cross in a place called Calvary. Resurrected from a place called the tomb of Joseph. And God on a cloud in a place called Mount Olive. I've come to tell you tonight that God's got places. But more than that, God's got people. But I got better news than that. He went back to a place called heaven. (laughs) And one of these days, the place that he left, he's going to go back. But guess what? He's coming back again. And when he comes back, he's coming back to a place called the eastern skies to take the bride away. Then we're going to a place called the marriage supper of the lamb. Then we're going to come back to a place called Megiddo or the valley of Megiddo. Then we will stand, he will stand upon the Mount of Olives and split it. And we will reign a thousand years on a place called the earth because God has places and God has people. God is always on the move. Authentic and redemptive ministry can only take place when God moves the right people into the right places. Say that again. Authentic and redemptive ministry can only take place when God moves the right people into the right places. Let me tell you tonight that God has a place for you. Touch somebody and say, God's got a place for you. Now tell them that place is right here, right now. <laughs> I think when he said that place is right here, right now. Because when God connects people and places, God begins to move. Oh my God. 
You see what God wants to do, what he's wanted to do all service long. And this praise team was dynamic and they were being led by the Holy Ghost. Uh, but God's done connected the people and the place. Uh, now God says, I'm ready to move uh, like I haven't moved for a while. But you got to say, I'm willing, God, to let you move right smack dab in the middle of whatever's going on in my life. Uh, I want to move as God wants me to move. Amen. Let me tell you tonight, God has not forgotten where you are. I'm talking to somebody right now. God knows your name. He knows your address. And even if nobody else knows you, God's got a place for you. And he puts you right here for this moment, for this time. Because God's fixing the move. Oh, God, help me right now. I'm going to tell you, God's wanting to move on somebody tonight. Uh, that You might have come in here all worried about your situation and your circumstances. But guess what? Uh, the right person came to the right place. Uh, and when that happens, uh, God shows up. And when God shows up, uh, he shows out. <laughs> Praise God. Once God has lined up the right person in the right place, he has the sovereign right to move on whoever, whenever, wherever. This is what we see in the book of Genesis. Chapter 1, verse 2, And the earth was without form and void. The darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of the Lord God moved upon the face of the water. The word moved there is the same Hebrew word that we found in Deuteronomy for fluttereth. When God moved upon the face of the deep, something happened. I, in my mind's eye, I imagine it like a helicopter. You know, when they begin to land, it, suddenly everything around it begins to get whipped up. Dirt and debris, everything begins to happen all around. You see, we have this misguided understanding of God that when he shows up, it's all peace in the valley. We're going to sit around with a guitar and sing Kumbaya. But sometimes when God shows up, it seems like all of hell is breaking loose. I'll tell you why. Because all of nature has to respond to a move of God. That's why you might be in the middle of all hell tonight. But when God shows up, something will happen. Oh, come on, somebody. God's wanting to touch you right now. He's coming down, and it might seem like everything's going crazy. But that's when God shows up and shows out. I'd love it, man, if when God came down, everything was peaceful. And we were just, you know, there's peace in the valley for me. And we just have all this stuff. But usually it doesn't happen that way. Sometimes we feel like because all of this junk's going on in our life, I'm preaching from a voice of experience, that somehow God has forgotten me. See, when the mother eagle begins, and I'm sure you've heard all of this stuff. I mean, you've had such great ministry at this church. But when a mother eagle, she wants those eaglets to get out of the nest, she starts taking all of the comforts of the nest away. And so it gets down to the core of all the thorns and the, the, the prickly sticks and stuff. And she makes it as uncomfortable as possible because she knows that they've got to get out there and they've got to experience life for themselves. And then she'll eventually, she'll back them up to a point of the nest where she flutters her wings and literally pushes them out of the nest. 
And as those eaglets begin to fall, they're falling, falling, falling. The eagle will literally come down right at the last moment and catch that eaglet on her back. And she'll swoop back up into the soars of the skies. And she'll, she'll go right out from underneath them again and they're free falling again. And as they begin to fall again, they're trying to, to, to feel their way. And at the last second, mama will come down and pick them up again and take them to the heights and the clouds. Sometimes it might feel like God has abandoned you and you're free falling in your experience. But I promise you, he will never let you fall. He'll keep you from falling. He'll catch you every single time. <laughs> Theologians will tell you that when God created the earth, it was a mass, a literal blob in space. But when the Lord moved upon it, everything began to shift and shake. Massive earthquakes. Mountains rose up from the ground. Volcanoes began to explode lava upon the earth. Because when God moves, things happen. You see... In the midst of creation, it seemed like chaos. In the midst of God creating something in the middle of your life, it will appear to be chaos. Oh, Jesus. I just can't explain it, but when God chooses, He moves. He chose you. Everybody say me. Things don't stay the same. And forever changed when God moves. When God chose Jonah. Jonah got on a boat. Running from God to Tarshish. And now Tarshish is literally at the very edge of discovery of the then known world. It's as though Jonah said, I'm going to go as far away from God and civilization as I can. But in verse 4 of Jonah chapter 1 it says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. There was a mighty tempest of the sea. So that the ship was like to be broken. Jonah gets thrown out of the ship. And he gets swallowed by a great fish. In verse 17 it says, Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. We don't want to stumble over this and I'm sure you've heard it. But the Lord prepared this fish. The Lord prepared this. Sometimes we blame things on the poor devil that he didn't do. The Lord prepared this. You mean the trial of his life going down to what's, what's being uh, termed as the belly of hell, that's being in the belly of the deep, uh, that's being in the belly of, of a dead situation, and God's the one that, yes, ladies and gentlemen, what you're going through right now might just have been orchestrated by heaven so that God could take you to places that you've never been before. Sometimes... When God moves, it's not always the most comfortable thing. Actually, my wife and I were just talking about this this afternoon. Can you imagine being in the belly of a fish for three days? I can imagine fish being in my belly for three days, but <laughs> how did he breathe? I mean, there were no oxygen tanks there. I mean, honestly, what this 
fish was specifically prepared by God. Otherwise, it should have smothered him. And, and, and they'll tell you that typically what fish do is they immediately will crush what comes into their jaws and then take it through the digestive system. So Jonah should have been crushed. What the enemy might have tried to crush him with, God said, I'm going to make it a preservation for you. Three days he's in the belly of a fish. And then God moves again after Jonah repents. Sometimes God puts us in a place in our life. Oh, God, help me right now. Sometimes God puts us in a place in our lives where all he's wanting to do is bring us to repentance. He's not trying to punish us. He's not trying to kill us. He's not trying to judge us. But he's trying to bring us to a place of repentance. My Lord, have mercy. I say, God, whatever you got to do, bring me back to the cross that I can get down and repent again. Yes, sir. Now, God chose, now watch this. There were certainly other prophets, contemporaries to Jonah at the time. Other prophets that God have, could have sent if Jonah wouldn't go. But God chose Jonah and he chose Nineveh. People and places. What's funny about Nineveh, I did a little bit of study on Nineveh. And Nineveh may have been, according to Jewish history, may have been the people that killed a lot of Jonah's family. So I wonder why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Jonah had a problem with the Ninevites. He had an odd against some people. But God loved him enough to say, Jonah, I can't send Amos. I can't send others right now. I got to send you. I'll tell you why. Because as long as you got an ought in your spirit against these people, you're going to never make it to heaven. Sometimes God will put us through a situation so he can get us to the point to get our hearts right so that we can have a mighty move of God in our life again. Amen. Jonah 2.10. And the Lord spake to the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the land. Now something fascinating about this. The Lord spoke to the situation that had him bound. You see, when God's ready to, he can speak to your situation. And your situation has to give, give you up. But for three days, he traveled to Nineveh. And when he got there, this city was very vile and brutal. They were tormentors. And if you study about the Ninevites, they were horrible people. But it is scientifically said that when Jonah would have walked into Nineveh, his looks would have been altered by the stomach acid of the fish. He would have had absolutely no body hair and his skin would have been turned blue. Let's say Papa Smurf walking into Nineveh. Can you imagine a man devoid of any body hair, blue as blue can be, walking into a city saying, repent. I believe I'd get down and repent right at that moment. He used Jonah to preach to Nineveh. It was a city that was populated by over 600,000 people. And they were moved so much by this man, Jonah. He had something in him that the contemporary prophets didn't have. Why? Because God connect a person to a place. Jonah was called to Nineveh. 
God called this man right here, right to Medora, Indiana. And ain't nobody else could do what this man and his lovely wife do. I've come to tell you God's brought you to the right place. And you're the right person. And God wants to move right smack dab in the middle of your life. He connected them. He's chosen. He's chosen you. Turn to turn your neighbor and say, God is moving. <laughs> Isaiah 43, 13. Yea, before the day was, I am he. And there is none that can deliver out of my hand. I will work and who will let it. The Hebrew word let it there is a better translation would be hinder. Who can hinder God when he decides to move? He has, for whatever re- reason, chosen you. And I talked to pastor just briefly. He has 109 years this church has been in existence. To pour out a last day move of God in his spirit. He, when God comes in, there's a cataclysmic phenomenon that takes place. When he moves, miracles happen. Laws of nature take a back seat. When he moves, nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, can stop him. That's why he's, we, he, he's always just hovering around, always trying to get somebody to go to the next place. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I've come with a word from the Lord tonight for you to tell you one more time what you already know. God's ready to move in the middle of your life, but you got to get connected to him and allow him to flutter over you like he hasn't done... Like he hasn't done for a long time. Sometimes we make ourselves cold to God because of our situations and our circumstances. Sometimes we make ourselves unavailable to God because we're saying, God, what in the world are you doing? But if we'll just end up like some of the prophets of old and the men of, men of God like, like, like Silas and Paul in the midnight prison and say, I'm not going to let my circumstance define who I am in God, but right smack dab in the middle of my dilemma, I'm going to lift up my praise for God and lie God to move in the middle of my prison move in the middle of my situation move in the middle of my life when God moves when he shows up we often don't recognize it if we can be transparent for a moment and you're not afraid to lift your hand with me is there anybody in this room that's been facing a lot of battles lately I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I mean it. I've been facing a lot of trouble and turmoil in my life and in my church and churches. And the enemy has seemingly jumped on my back and tried to tell me stuff. But I know assuredly, as I know the word of God tonight, that if all of this stuff's being kicked up in my life, that means God is coming in right then. God's starting to do something. Oh, hallelujah. I feel God coming in right now. He, he's, he's up to something. Although the enemy might be telling you, oh, the enemy meant it for evil. But the Bible says God meant it for good. You might be going through all of Hades right now. You might feel like every enemy is against you. But listen up your head for redemption draweth nigh. God's about ready to do something in your life that'll bring a miracle, that'll bring a healing, that'll bring a wonder in your life. When God moves, when he shows up, he shows up, he shows up. Did you come expecting tonight? Expectation is a launching pad for faith. Take a minute. 
I feel like God has connected us tonight. People are here. The place is right. And we're just waiting for God. But I don't see it. You don't have to see it. How's God going to do it? I don't know how he's going to do it. How's he going to get me out of this? I don't know how he's going to do it. But when God shows up, things begin to change. You know what I'm talking about. We've had God show up in our services. God showed up here tonight in the middle of this, this fabulous music service. And God was beginning to deal with us. But suddenly something began to bring us back down to planet earth. Something that made us think about our dilemma, our situation, our trouble, our trial. And suddenly that brought us back down. Why, why, I wonder what would happen in this place tonight. Uh, if we said, you know what, just for 15 minutes, uh, I'm going to forget about what I got to face when I get home. Or what I got to face tomorrow on the job or at school. Or what I got to face here or there. And we just say for 15 minutes, uh, I'm going to entreat the spirit of the Lord. To let him come down upon me and begin to hover over me and push me into places I've never been before and take me into areas I never thought possible before. He'll take me to the highest heights of everything and he'll begin to move in a way that he's never moved before. I wonder what would happen tonight uh, if every child of God, every blood bought child of God would say, you know what? I'm going to take about 15 minutes. And say, God, I'm going to forget about everything just for a minute. I wonder if every person in this room right now would just close your eyes. Come on, just begin to talk to him just for a minute. Jesus, Lord, there are precious people in this room. Lord, they are weary. They're worn out. God, there's some enemies been trying to tell them things in their ears. God, that has not from you. You never intended it. But the enemy's trying to play upon those things right now. And Lord, I pray that your spirit would come down and you would reveal to them, God, that you're about to take them into places. That's why the enemy's using this so much against you. That's why he's using it so much against your family. I'll tell you why. Because the enemy sees what you're about to do in God. He sees where you're about to go in God. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.